Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Luby Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. As we get closer and closer to uh, Giants training camp, we're previewing the NFC East. We're still talking about Saquon Barkley, uh, talking about training camp, and here to help me uh, discuss all of that is Ralph Vacchiano of Fox Sports. Ralph, how you doing? I'm good, Ed. How are you? I'm good. Hope you've had a good summer. I know uh, any any fun that, that that either one of us has been having is about to come to an end. <laughs> exactly. It's sad. Summer's quick around here, no doubt. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, hey, obviously, as we uh, a, a, as we close in on training camp, the big story around the New York Giants is still Saquon Barkley, the franchise tag, yeah. all of that. You wrote the other day. Uh, something that I agree with, something that I also wrote a version of, and that this could be the the beginning of the end for Saquon uh, with the Giants. I'm just curious, when you look at the situation, if if there is going to be a long-term relationship, if Barkley's going to remain a Giant you know, beyond the 2023 season, yeah. How is what do you see as the path? Well, I think the best thing that the Giants have working for them, if they want a long-term deal with Barkley, is that the running back market stinks. Um, you know, if you're if you're Saquon right now, you have to think, okay, the Giants aren't going to give me what I want. They're not going to go that extra mile to keep me. There's no reason to think that that will change a year from now because even if he had, if he runs for fifteen hundred yards. He's still at a high injury position. He's now a year older, closer to that inevitable decline, and his body is more beat up than it's ever been. So that's not an enticing thing for the Giants to suddenly say, oh, yeah, now we'll give you three years and $25 million. So the way he's looking at it is I'm not going to get what I want for the Giants. So he's going to try to look elsewhere, and the money just might not be there. And I do think – and we can talk about the running back market for hours, but it is what it is at this point. And we can scream about, well, running back should be valued more, but they're not. And if he hit the open market, he wasn't going to get more than the giants were offering. And next year, when they go to sign him to a long-term deal, he might see exactly the same thing and then decide, you know what, if maybe the giants then are offering him the same 19 or $20 million guaranteed. And he says, you know what, I'll take it this time because I can see that no one else is going to give it to me. That's that's the best path to having this relationship extend, not only I mean, beyond this year, yes, but you know they could franchise tag him again. So beyond those two years, the best path is just him looking at it and realizing, you know, the market is dead. You know, I, I keep being asked about this in, ter- in relation to Barkley, and I have my own thoughts. I kind of think that that Saquon was a little bit unrealistic about his own value in relation to the way the market is. Do you think Saquon was a bit unrealistic in in this whole in this whole scenario? I I just have a feeling that maybe he thought that 
that this market devaluation just wasn't going to apply to him? I'm not so sure if he was unrealistic about that, to be honest. He didn't get a chance to to search the market because he was franchise tagged. So, um, you know, no one's going to sign a franchise tag player. It's just not done anymore. Um, I think he was somewhat realistic. I don't think his demands were much beyond um, the price of two franchise tags because that, that's realistic. He's guaranteed $10.1 million this year. If the Giants tag him again, that would be another – $12 million. So you're talking $22 million over two years. That should have been his starting point. Um, I heard that he wanted more than that, but I don't think it was significantly more. He wasn't asking, I don't think, for $30 million guaranteed or anything huge. So um, I think he understood the market, but he realized that you know he there was no reason to settle for a smaller amount than he wanted to because he does get the guarantee of those two tags, possibly. Obviously, he doesn't. he's not going into this thinking, I'm going to get hurt next year or I'm going to have a terrible year. Or he's also thinking, you know what, if I have a great year, my value will be higher. Maybe that's a little bit unrealistic. But um, he wasn't really looking to break the bank. He wasn't looking for something obnoxiously huge. It was just more than the Giants were willing to give. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. I guess I'm not surprised that, that Joe Shane, Giants general manager, had a walkaway number and held to it. I was a little bit surprised that that walkaway number didn't land somewhere between the $25.5 million that Derrick Henry had in guaranteed money and the $30 million that McCaffrey, that Christian McCaffrey had in guaranteed money. Did that surprise you at all? That he was that he was not looking for that? Is that what you said? No, that 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 Joe's that Joe Shane's oh. walkaway number was below that Derrick Henry sort of twenty five and a half million threshold. Oh no, I wasn't surprised by that at all. I'm actually more surprised that Joe Shane got anywhere near the twenty two million dollars of the two franchise tags. I, I think from everything I know about Joe Shane, he's been very careful not to say this, but people who know him he does not believe that running backs are worth that kind of investment. They are just too high risk. Um, the, you know, almost every one, it's hard to think of a running back who got big money where it worked out great. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey signs a big deal and he's out basically the next two years. Saquon Barkley gets a pretty big deal, by the way, when he was drafted number two overall, Essentially, you know, he loses a year to uh, he sprains his ankle one year. He loses a year to a torn ACL. His comeback year, he's terrible. Um, you know, just wastes of years inside that big deal. Um, and I think Joe Shane realizes that and would rather spend that money on the offensive line, on more durable skill positions, and you know, maybe go the Philadelphia Eagles route where you can find bargain basement running backs, which is kind of what they did in in Buffalo. You know, they had third, fourth rounders, I think they were, as running backs that they drafted, um, you know, spent a little bit of money, but not a ton of money. And that's, I think, the philosophy that he wants going forward. He just happened to be the GM of a team that had a high-paid, high-profile running back that he had to deal with. Right, yeah, he. that's the situation he was handed. Speaking of, of Joe Shane and, and the whole situation, before we kind of cycle off the, the Barkley stuff, how do you, you know you you covered the Giants as a beat writer for a long time, and this is not the first contract squabble that you've seen. 
Is there a danger here for the Giants in how it'll play in the locker room, just in in maybe, um, you know, players kind of looking sideways at at the front office, or maybe if Saquon decides to sit out games, maybe Saquon losing some of the goodwill that he's got in the locker room at this point. I'm just curious how you know how you think that what you think the dangers are for the Giants here. I think there's the potential for a, a bit of a distraction. They will say that it's not the case, but you know, we know you go into a locker room, he, they're going to be asked about Saquon every single day. Every reporter out there, every national reporter that drops in is going to be asking people about Saquon and that can wear on you at times. And it makes you more aware of his absence. And, you know, players will be looking at film and coaches will be looking at film and they'll see plays and they'll think, okay, well, when Saquon's back, he'll do that a little bit differently. So it's certainly a little bit of a distraction. Is it a big deal? Probably not really. I think players are really good about separating business from what happens on the field. I think that some of them might look at the front office and think, I can't believe they didn't get, you know, the most popular player or maybe our best player. They didn't go the extra mile for him. On the other hand, this offseason, we've seen them go the extra mile for Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence, so you can't exactly accuse the front office of being cheap. You know, They will go for some players, and you know, most of the guys are smart enough to understand that running backs are a little bit different. So I don't think that'll. I don't think anybody's going to look at the Giants, any player's going to look at the Giants and think, what a terrible organization. And as for Saquon, I think they respect him. They understand him. You know, they, they know what he's doing. Um, they understand the business. I don't think they'll look at him in any different way unless he holds out into the regular season. And if he does that and they start to lose, there will absolutely be smart players in that room who will think he's doing this, gaining absolutely nothing and hurting us. And that's when his leadership and everything else will start to deteriorate. So as long as he's back by week one, it's some media fun, mild distraction, but all will be forgiven on opening day unless he goes out and, you know, rushes 20 times for 20 yards, in which case, but then the heat will be on him, not anybody else. Absolutely. That's the way that I've looked at it as well. Nobody's really going to have a problem with Saquon unless he's not in uniform, you know, September 10th against the Cowboys. Absolutely. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Ralph, let's uh, let's spin off of Saquon a little bit. Talk a little bit about the uh, the Giants' offseason, A little bit about the NFC East. 
Joe Shane went into the offseason admitting that there was a talent gap between the Giants, the Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe the San Francisco 49ers, whatever, whoever you consider the top three or four teams in the NFL. He made, you know, some changes, Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, Bobby O'Karake. Did he close that gap at all in your mind? Very little. Um, it's it's definitely an improved team. The gap is definitely smaller. Um, you know, we tend to look at the talent gap sometimes in, in terms of the big guys, the, the name players, but the Giants had a depth problem too. And we saw that every time guys would get hurt, total nobodies were being thrown. And we saw that a receiver last year. We saw that a cornerback last year. He needed a more reserve on the team. And I think that's where he built up the team better. Um, there may be some stars, depending on how the draft picks of the last two years work out, but it's a deeper team and that's going to help them. Where it's really still missing to me is the really good teams do have those stars. And it, I mean, it still is a bit of a stars league. Every once in a while you get a team that doesn't have any, that can go on a run, but you know, most of them have, you know, the San Francisco 49ers have Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. The Eagles, you know, have obviously the quarterback. I'll eliminate that for a second. A.J. Brown and uh, Devonta Smith. You know, the Cowboys have C.D. Lamb. Um, you know, Tony Pollard was a star last year. All these teams have these guys that can do special things. The Giants don't really have that, I don't think, on either side of the ball. There's not that yet that stud defender that's going to get 15 sacks. There's not that Jamar Chase like wide receiver. Maybe Darren Waller is the exception to that. He certainly was the closest thing to Travis Kelsey when he was healthy three years ago, but that was three years ago and he's 31 and we don't know yet what he's going to be, but um, he could be a guy that changes the, the parameters of the offense, the way it looks, but um, you know, you still need more than that to get to the level, I think, of the Cowboys, of the Eagles in the division, of the 49ers, um, you know, in the conference. They're just – there's still a few players away, and they either have to find them or or develop them and see, you know, maybe Kayvon Thibodeau becomes that pass-rushing star or Ojolari does. You know, who knows? But they're not quite there yet. Yeah, I think other guys you might put in that category, a guy like Tay Banks, the first-round pick. But you're right. right. We haven't – you know, I've said it myself this offseason that what the Giants really need when people ask me, I, I say they need difference makers. Yeah, they, they absolutely need difference makers. They need guys who change games and maybe they have them, but we haven't seen it yet. Right. And, and by the way, Saquon Barkley could be that kind of guy. And in a lot of cases, he is. Um you know, one thing about Saquon, as much as he had all of those yards last year and as great as as he was, even in the playoffs, he, he seemed to really propel them. He had, I think it was three, maybe a fourth 100-yard game. You know, a lot of games that he had were under 70 yards rushing, and that's not a difference maker. That's, you know, again, he could be, and at times that he is, and he's definitely important to the Giants, but – um he's he's not even the kind of guy that has changed a lot of games for the Giants. And that's the kind of guy they need. He, honestly, the last time I think they had a real difference maker was Odell Beckham. Yeah, it's so interesting with Saquon because 
you can look at the yards and you can look at the flashy touchdown runs that happen on occasion, the big plays. But on a down-to-down basis, you just look at Saquon and you look at the analytics and you you can use the numbers to say he's a superstar and you can use the numbers, the, the down-to-down efficiency numbers to say he's a replacement level back. So right. it, it just... It, it's confusing as all get out when it comes to to what Saquon really is. He's a boomer bust home run hitter is what it comes down to. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think he can be more. I think he was more his rookie season, but we haven't seen that player yet. And, uh, you know, again, to, to get you back on the topic, I, I think that you know, that's the kind of difference maker the Giants need. That year they had him as a difference maker. Right now, maybe it's Darren Waller, but who is that guy that, you know, can just – just get him the ball and get out of the way. Or who's that defensive player that that Micah Parsons that, you know, just it's a big down, you go get him and or let's that, see or, what happens. Or that guy in the secondary who you just don't want to throw the ball at because you know there's a good chance it's going to be coming back the other way. Right, exactly. As, as, Adoree Jackson's a good player. Xavier McKinney's been a good player. But neither one of them has been a game-changing turn the ball over, you know, make make that kind of play in defensive back. Yep. And until until they find those guys, and, and they have they have a really good roster of good solid players. Until they add those difference makers, and maybe that's the next step in the Joe Shane evolution of the Giants. Until they add them, they're the third best team in this division, and and that's a a hole that they are not quite ready to climb out of. So let's talk about, I I would be remiss as we record this on Thursday morning for our, for my, my Friday show, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that this afternoon, Thursday afternoon is a day that, that I think the NFL at large is, is, is looking forward to and will breathe a huge sigh of relief when the, the sale of the Washington commanders from Daniel Snyder to uh, to Josh Harris is is approved by the NFL. Just your your thoughts on on the sale, on the Snyder fiasco, on on what this all means for the NFL. For the NFL, it's fantastic. Daniel Snyder has been a thorn in their side, a blight on the league for as long as he's been involved in the league. Uh, poor ownership, horrible stories of sexual harassment and a terrible culture in Washington, um, you know, f- a stadium that is run down, that you know, treats an organization that treats fans terribly and the media terribly. And, um, you know, he's the facilities and, and locker rooms and practice facilities that the players rated is just the worst in the league, the way, they, you know, the way he's treated players, the money he's spent on them. It's all a complete and utter disaster. Uh, So for them to get someone else with a bank book and a pulse in to take over the team is going to make their lives much easier. They're almost instantaneously, you're going to see cities and states lining up to uh, help the commanders get a new stadium because none of those politicians wanted to be in bed with Dan Snyder over that. Now they're going to line up for Josh Harris. And that's, that's a good thing for the, Players, obviously, it's going to be good. And people that work there, it's going to hopefully be a better culture, more money spent into the right places. All that is great. For the fans of the commanders, 
I think it will be a good thing. But here's the thing about ownership. For all of the outrage over everything that everyone has heard about Dan Snyder, for the you know the sewage leaking in the stadium to the terrible, terrible <laughs> treatment of women in that organization, the sad hypocritical reality of it is that the only thing fans care about is winning. If the franchise wins, he's a great owner. If the franchise doesn't, he's a terrible owner. Ask John Mara. I guarantee you his mail changes. You know, he's and, and certainly his publicity changes from greatest owner we ever had to absolute piece of dirt, um, depending on which era you're talking about. And that's just sort of the way it is. So, um, you know, Josh Harris is going to be judged on how quickly he can turn that thing around. And, you know, we're a long way away from finding out that because I think this year is going to be about him deciding, you know, are Martin Mayhew and Robert and Ron Rivera the right guys? Do we want to start over in 2024 or not? Um, you know, we don't know what his thoughts are on all of that yet. So this is the very beginning stages. It's certainly, given all the things with Dan Snyder, there's certainly nothing negative about it. We just don't know how good it's going to be. Absolutely. Ralph, thank you very, very much for the time. Why don't you uh, just let folks know where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your work before I let you go. Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Ralph Vacchiano. Um, and you can, I'm now on threads too, which is at Ralph Vac. And of course, all my stuff uh, appears every day on foxsports.com. All right, Ralph, we always appreciate the time. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to subscribe on YouTube and across the Big Blue View Radio Network. Take care of each other, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.